You're listening to Good Conversation with the Reverend Dr. John Gillibrand. It's a great pleasure to welcome everyone to what I'm calling the season finale of series one of the Good Conversation podcast. I'm John Gillibrand, the host of the Good Conversation podcast, and with me here is my producer, uh, Phil John, all the way from Devon. Thank you very much, John. Uh, It's been a wonderful thing um, to be involved in and to produce the Good Conversation. it's been a real privilege to hear all of the different uh, and diverse voices in and around the subject matter that you've been looking at over the course of the eight podcasts that we've done. Now, the first one was actually yourself being interrogated, shall we say? Quizzed, <laughs> quizzed. Quizzed, shall we say quizzed. Um, and what, I, what I'd like to do um, in this kind of little episode that bridges between uh, season one and season two is just to kind of reflect a little bit on, on, on the eight episodes overall. So that first episode um, was with Adrian Masters. So uh, just wondering a few reflections on that. What was it like to be in the hot seat yourself? Well, it was fascinating. I've seen Adrian working for many years. I'm a big fan of uh, Sharp End, um, on which he used to work. He's head of politics for ITV uh, Wales. And so week by week, I've watched Adrian quizzing people, asking those questions. And I thought, what a wonderful thing it would be, because I believe that people like myself should be open to question, uh, should be open to the most challenging questions. Let's get Adrian to ask those questions. I've been thinking about the whole of this podcast and thinking why each of the people was invited to uh, take part. Mm-hmm. And I've just said, I'm fascinated by Sharp End, which is part of ITV Wales's political broadcasting. I'm a priest. I cannot avoid an interest in politics. I've got a son with substantial disabilities and over the years have had to be concerned about health, education, social care. You can't avoid the politics in that case. But I don't think either as a Christian, as a priest, I can avoid a commitment to social justice. And we have to say it, that does involve getting involved in politics. So it was lovely to have that politics and religion crossover as I was talking to my old friend, Adrian. Yeah, he was very good at posing the questions. It was an excellent way to to kick things off. Um, So uh, after Adrian, we actually get into the podcasts that you are the question master, shall we say. Um, And the first of those was with... Professor John Swinton of Aberdeen University. What were your thoughts on that? How, how was that? Again, I've known John Swinton for many years. I'm the father of Adam, who's on the autistic spectrum and with significant learning disability as well. Adam is nonverbal and has behaviours that are called challenging. I'm a theologian. And I had to work out the connection between theology and all my experience of disability issues, all that deeply personal experience, because theology is concerned with deeply personal experience inevitably. And so that's how I first came into contact with John Swinton and 
became familiar with his work up there in Aberdeen. Um, and it was a great pleasure to uh, talk to him. The thing I like about uh, John is that he does serious theology, but he does it with a wonderful sense of humour as well. And with a stress on practical theology, um, it's not an ivory tower thing. It's the way in which theology connects with everyday life and with the issues that matter to all of us. So that that's uh, what that conversation with John was about, among yeah. other things. And I loved it when he compared Aberdeen to being a bit like living in heaven. He's obviously, <laughs> he's ob he's obviously a very keen Aberdonian. <laughs> and fair play to that. No, that's that's great. And yeah, that the, the sense of humour you said really did come across. Um, and then we we moved then to um, Matt Batten, um, the director of communication and engagement for Flandaf Diocese. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes, got, indeed. Got that right. Good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the the fascinating thing there is I I've never met Matt. I would say in real life, but actually I have met him in real life, but oh, wow. online. We've never, we've never uh, met up as such. Hmm. Again, it goes back to this business of connecting theology with real life and with the difficult issues of real life. We've all of us experienced the coronavirus pandemic over these last months. It's been extraordinarily yeah. tough. It's been tough for churches. And the thing is, churches had to think for the first time ever about this connection between in-person worship and online worship. This was quite a shock to disabled people because disabled people's experience of church has been online uh, for so many years. Mm -hmm. And so many churches are still so inaccessible. Uh, so... I think sometimes the mainstream church hasn't trodden carefully enough when it's been thinking about online church. But this is what Matt knows about as the director of communications for Tlandaf Diocese. And the again, the theological thinking, he's doing a theology MA at the moment through Spurgeon right. College, reflecting on digital theology. So there you are. There it is again. It's the idea that you connect theology and theological reflection with the most difficult issues. And in that case, how the church responds uh, to the realities of online worship, how the church responds to the realities of a new and difficult situation, which no one's experienced uh, before and how the church thinks about the relationship between online church and online churches. It's always been done by disabled people necessarily because yeah. of the way in which church buildings are so awfully inaccessible. And for the one with Matt Batten as well, listen out for our discussion about equal marriage. Yeah. Um, because of my interest in disability issues, I've got a commitment to equality across the board. Yeah. Equality really should be one of our main theological concepts. Um, I know people would argue with me about that. And Matt is a gay Christian, and we talked about equal marriage and the progress of the church in Wales and the Anglican church in general in that direction. It, certainly in England and in Wales, we're not there yet, 
but it was great to explore those issues uh, with Matt uh, and myself counting myself as a straight ally. Fantastic. So uh, moving rapidly along on our sort of reminiscence. Yeah. Of yes, the yes, series. Mr. Producer. I know we've got, <laughs> I know we've got to move on. So, yeah, uh, we come to episode four. Now, that was with the Reverend Dr. Manon James. Yes. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a few minutes on, on that one. <laughs> you're, you're disciplining me on time. <laughs> Brilliant. I, 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 knew, I knew why I recruited you, and it's just for this. I'd better press on. Um, I've known Manon for years years and years, because yeah. we used to be colleagues in Bangor Diocese. And Manon is from Bangor Diocese, uh, from the Lean Peninsula, and is a fluent Welsh speaker and was very much brought up within a Welsh-speaking community. I'm a fluent Welsh speaker too, but I'm from Manchester. Mm. And I moved to the Diocese of Bangor and began the process of learning Welsh because the then Bishop of Bangor, um, Clayton Mears, had asked me to do so as part of my ordination uh, training. So it was fascinating to have that conversation with Manon because, again, something over the years, I've been, the, the reality of the situation I've been thinking about over the years has been the reality of the church's mission and ministry in different cultural contexts and specifically in a Welsh-speaking uh, context. So it was fascinating to have that conversation with Manon uh, because uh, we met up in, in exactly in that context with the perspectives that Manon brings to it uh, from her background and that interesting perspective that I have because I'm from Manchester originally and couldn't speak Welsh for the first uh, half of my life. I always, I always say that there are a number of um, Welsh speakers from Manchester. Another another one is, is David Lloyd George, the former Prime Minister. And I always tell people that I'm a lot better behaved than David Lloyd George <laughs> in all kinds of ways. Yes. <laughs> Well, we won't get into that. No, we better <laughs> not. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was fascinating. Uh, reflection about identity and language uh, and faith and, and how the, yes. the relationship of that was, was very interesting. And Manon's work on um, women's experience of Welsh religious, yeah. uh, religious uh, culture, uh, yeah. which, which takes us back to the whole equality agenda within the church. Yeah. And the sense I have that the church shouldn't be catching up with the equality agenda. We should be a beacon of excellence in equality. But yeah. that's another day's story. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, moving on, episode five, Canon Ca Carol Wardman. Uh, thoughts on that one? Again, I've worked with uh, Carol for uh, many years now. Uh, Bishop's advisor on uh, social issues within the church in Wales. Um, and the reason I suspect uh, that we uh, came into contact, first of all, was because of my interest in disability issues yeah. and uh, Carol's uh, commitment uh, on that. Carol's been very interested over the years in issues to do with uh, older people as well. And... I think reflecting on that interview, 
um, it's easy enough for people to think, well, the church it concentrates on spiritual issues. One of the things that is central to my calling is developing not only my own spiritual life, but developing the spiritual life of others. I can't separate that from working for justice in society. The idea that you could do just spiritual life and separate it out from justice in society, I can't get my head around. I always go back to the Lord's Prayer. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we say those words ever so easily, but they're actually committing us uh, to pray that the world will be made a better place. Um, mm. And it's so important for um, Christians and theological thinkers to see the world as it is, confront the world as it is, not use religion to hide away from the world as it is, but mm. then to think about the way the world could be. And the fact that Carol has this job in the church in Wales, I know giving somebody a post of responsibility isn't the end of the story because it needs to be institutional and across the board. But it does say that there's an institutional commitment by the church in Wales to greater justice within Welsh uh, society. And again, the great thing about Carol is her sense of humour. It's that what, I, what <laughs> I've talked about sounds ever so dry and ever so fierce, which in some ways it is, uh, but it, all, it can all be done with a great smile. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the episode is, is proof of that as well. So in terms of the conversation that you had, time is against us. So uh, we hop to episode six now, which was with Canon Allard Edwards. Reflections on that, John? You'll be amazed to hear that I've known Canon Allard Edwards for many years. <laughs> and in that case, for so long that I do not remember when I first met him. I know that I arrived in the Diocese of Bangor in 1988, and I think he was still uh, the um, vicar of Botunog, um, as well as looking after the uh, local uh, chapels there, giving pastoral care to the local chapels there at around that time. So I must have met him at that time. Um, it goes back to what I was saying when I was talking about Adrian and my interview with Adrian, that interest in politics, because um, one of the things that Aled has done in his time as chief executive of Katine is to develop the relationship of the churches with the Senedd, uh, the in Cardiff, the Welsh Parliament, since the very beginning of that parliament at the end of the uh, 1990s. We in Wales live in a secular society. We don't have an established church, but that doesn't mean to say, and, and I think that that's wonderful. It's as it yeah. should be. It makes the world a lot safer in Wales than in some other places in the world. I think we should be a disestablished church, but that yeah. doesn't stop us building relationships uh, with the political world. The other thing is um, 
that, of course, Aled's key work and core work as the chief executive of Katine is building understanding between the different uh, denominations, Christian denominations, and he's worked building understanding between different faith communities as well. Uh, I do not get it. I do not get it. Uh, I can wander around my local community here. I could do it in any community in Wales and see lots and lots of different places of Christian worship. Um, I lost count of the number that there are even in my parish here. I think it's about a dozen, something like that. Right. Um, what does that What does that say about Christians loving their neighbour as that as you love love? What does that say about love your neighbour as yourself for a Christian? If you can't, in a time of scarce resources, even share the same buildings for worship, if you can't get together more on a Sunday, uh, realise that you're in the uh, same um, the that you share the same objective you share the same objectives yeah. when i go down to tesco's and if i was to discuss with people the differences between the different christian denominations i'd have some very uncertain answers nobody knows why we have these different places of worship anymore it's time that christians started working together and aled's been prompting them to do that for many years and to be friendly to friendly and loving towards people in other faith communities as well the penultimate episode um that was with reverend canon edwin council is this another person you've known for a long time john <laughs> I, I i've known canon edwin council <laughs> i seem to know a lot of canons um i've known canon edwin council since before i knew uh canon aled edwards because we, uh, right. we actually trained together at st stephen's house in oxford uh-huh trained for yeah. the priesthood uh, together and we've been uh, very very good friends uh, ever ever since talking to edwin reflects my interest in education i've been a chair of governors at local primary schools and indeed in a special school uh, not at the moment in my current parish but over the years so i've uh, always had a great commitment to education but it allowed me to ask those difficult questions about what on earth the church is doing getting involved in education um and uh, and what 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 are the what's the ethics there but it also allowed me to talk to a very experienced parish priest whom i know very well and one of the points I suspect that I'm trying to make there is that you can have all kinds of images of priests and vicars all the way from Father Ted to, uh, to the vicar in Warmington on sea in Dad's army. It's actually important, and this is really a plea for all my colleagues, it's actually important to see the real minister of religion, the real priest. Um, yeah. We're... we're, we're um, we're trying to be saints. We don't always get it right. <laughs> uh, we're, like the rest of the human race, pretty imperfect. Uh, but it is just so important to see the reality of your local vicar or your local minister or indeed your local re religious leader. Um, because I think in that way, we actually open the gates of learning one from another. Um, mm. But uh, do it's really a little plea as a vicar. Do see our humanity here. Do see our humanity. I was going to say actually a lot of that that kind of humanity. I know you, we're we're talking about episode seven there and that that particular conversation, but that that really that comes across 
across all of all of the people that you spoke to um and that sense of like a human at the heart of this you know uh, and and remembering humanity uh yeah very very important in my theology it's our humanity that counts actually yeah and it's when you have a theology that fails to recognize the humanity of other human beings, then there's something wrong with it. Mm. Um, uh, but, of course, the key theological point is that uh, when I would say, as a person of faith, when God came to earth, he came as a human being. We, The Christian yeah. church should have got the clue by now about the centrality <laughs> of humanity. <laughs> so... Um bringing us um to episode eight now episode eight was the final uh, episode of of the series and that was with um lisa morgan yes again here we're back to the the real minister of religion uh the real deacon the real priest thing uh, Lisa's about to be ordained priest. She may well have been ordained priest by the time this goes out. Mm. And it was also an opportunity to explore vocation with somebody who's been recently ordained. And actually to say to people that this exploration of vocation is to do with our humanity. Mm. And in Lisa's case, to do with somebody who is deeply rooted in the concerns of everyday life and in issues that are recognisable to all of us. Um, It's somebody who was talking about a very, very long term vocation that after a good number of years, Uh, has uh, developed into a vocation to ordained ministry. And actually, I'm wanting to give a shout out here and say say to people, think about it. This business of being called to ministry or indeed to ordained ministry, it may not be just for somebody else over there. Um, it's something to do with the church's engagement with the reality of uh, modern life. Uh, but it was, I found it so exciting. I've been ordained for 30 years now, over 30 years. I'm not good at maths. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, but it was it's so good to go back to the roots of vocation there and what it means to be called to ordained ministry in the contemporary uh, context. And I think just one quick last thing, yeah, um, which I I know I know time is precious, Mr. <laughs> Producer. Uh, but one quick last thing, something that I explored with a number of our speakers was the issues with Christian belonging, when we come across misogyny within the church, when we come across homophobia within the church, and actually to say, right, let's confront those things and let's get on with it. Let's respond to that calling. Uh, I find it challenging to respond to a calling in those circumstances, but that doesn't take anything away from the specialness and importance of that calling and to be quite to be quite to be quite honest 
as long as they're clergy around, I would prefer clergy, if I may say so, like myself, who are committed feminists and committed to the struggle against homophobia. Let's have more of this in the church and more people like, if I may say so in all humility, like me in the church. Well said. So uh, that kind of encapsulates very, very quickly. We've done a, a, a rush job through all uh, um, eight of the, the podcasts there with your reflections on them. Obviously, they're all available to download from your from your favourite um, podcast provider. Um, but we're actually now looking to throw forward to season two of The Good Conversation. And what's that going to be about? Theologians, <laughs> theologians, <laughs> uh, because yeah. I know that as soon as you say the word theology, it has all kinds of luggage with it. Mm. I know that Boris Johnson this week, uh, I think he accused the European community of taking a too theological approach to their current issues, which I thought, hang on, let's be fair on theologians. <laughs> what I'm wanting to communicate in this series is that theology is an exciting discipline. I've got all kinds of different voices, an international uh, cross-section of uh, speakers, uh, yeah. some in universities, some involved in, um, in pastoral ministry of various kinds, uh, some in other contexts as well. Uh, but but all basically doing theological reflection on the issues that matter. Mm. I'm tremendously excited after all these years, and I've been around for a long time and doing this for a long time. I'm still excited by theology and by the theological project. And one thing I want to stress is that what you'll be hearing and this will explain itself when you listen to it. I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but what you'll be hearing is something that will be exciting for those who are engaged in theological reflection already, but you do not need to think of yourself as a theologian to listen to this and to listen to it with interest, because the whole theme of the thing is how theology uh, engages with what the theologian Tillich would have called matters of ultimate concern. If mm. you've got those matters of concern about the world in which we live, this series is the podcast for you. And whether you're a theologian or not, whatever you think of theologians, uh, I would say it's exciting stuff. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you're, you're going to be editing them yeah. and producing them. And you have, skill, so I, you have I, skills I, that I do not have. <laughs> We've set mm -hmm. up a Facebook page. We've got only one house rule that, that any responses to what we've been doing, to what we've been discussing, is polite. That's the 11th commandment of the Good Conversation podcast. Keep it polite. But I'd really welcome feedback on that Facebook page from anyone who's been listening to Series 1 and those who'll be listening to Series 2 as we uh, go along. Um, as I say, keep it polite. But the Good Conversation podcast is the venue for polite discussion 
and disagreeing with each other on occasions about very serious issues. If we didn't touch serious issues, we'd be hopelessly bland and wouldn't be saying anything to anybody. Yeah. But keep it polite, but do give us feedback. We'd, I'd love to hear what other people are thinking. It's not just the sound of my voice or the voice of my guests, then. It is the good conversation. So, everybody, listen out for Series 2. We'll be along very shortly. Thank you for listening to Good Conversation with the Reverend Dr. John Gillibrand. This podcast was produced by Phil John with music by Dan Greensmith.